your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Raider Nation, welcome into another week and another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Monday, February 15th, 2021. Coming off of this Valentine's Day weekend, hopefully everyone had a really good Valentine's Day, regardless if it was spent with loved ones or spent by yourself. You don't have to have a loved one to have a good Valentine's Day weekend, but uh, hopefully you did. I'll tell you right now, man, and I know a lot of folks that listen to the Locked On Raiders podcast are in the state of Texas, so you probably already know what I'm talking about, but man, I'll tell you, the state of Texas is in some kind of way right now. I'm telling you, there's all kind of ice and snow and stuff that we just ain't used to you know we just not used to so it was a really strange weekend really strange start of the week Uh, a lot of places around town are shut down I don't even know yet if my radio station is shut down or not my boss is like the only one left in town who hasn't made a decision on what we're gonna do I mean literally the only person in town who has not made a decision on what we're gonna do the judge then sent out all kind of different messages and businesses have already said that they're not opening and schools are shut down for three or four days but hey you know what the radio station I think we're just going to go ahead and work. We'll find out what we decide to do later on. We'll make that decision when we get there. So I don't even know what that means, but that's apparently what he's going to be doing. But either way, uh, just stay safe out there, regardless where you're out there. I know the weather is is kind of crazy across the country right now, so definitely be safe uh, no matter where you are. Now, coming up on today's show, segment number three, I got calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number, so that'll come up all your texts, all your calls in segment number three. In segment number two, uh, I had an opportunity on Sunday evening to catch up with Bill Zimmerman. He's the executive producer of Mad Dog Radio. He covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. Uh, he's on Twitter at ZimmermanSXM, and he had put out a tweet about Derek Carr. I think I saw it on maybe Friday evening or Saturday. I saw this tweet that he put out about Derek Carr and the Bears and how much the Bears are really, really interested in D.C. I didn't want to get him on the show just to talk about Derek Carr and and you know if he's a good quarterback or if he isn't a good quarterback because clearly if the Bears are really trying to get him, they believe that he's a really, really good quarterback. So I just want to pick his brain on what he possibly thought that they might give up for Derek Carr, how much they might want Derek Carr, how much the interest is there. Do they have interest in Marcus Mariota? So in segment number two, you'll hear my about 10-minute conversation I had with Bill Zimmerman, executive producer of Mad Dog Radio. He covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. And then here in segment number one, we'll just go over the news and notes that I collected over the weekend so we can go ahead and jump right into that. One of the biggest pieces of news that came out over the weekend that had to do with the Raiders is the fact that Washington, apparently the Washington football team, is very, very interested interested in Marcus Mariota. Not Derek Carr, but Marcus Mariota. Michael Lombardi of The Athletic he reported on Saturday that the Washington football team has significant interest. Uh, he said, I know there's one team in the NFC East, the Washington football team, that's extremely interested in Mariota. Uh, the Washington football team obviously needs a quarterback. They moved on from Dwayne Haskins at the end of the 2020 season. Of course, they don't know what's going on with Alex Smith. They signed uh, Tyler Heineke uh, back, but he's a, he's going to be a backup, so he's not going to be the starting quarterback. So they're definitely in need of a starting quarterback, and so maybe Marcus Mariota is the guy. What this is telling me, regardless if 
Marcus gets traded to Washington, if Marcus gets traded to, to the Patriots, it clearly to me says that Marcus Mariota is going to get traded just because there's enough interest out there. And I'm telling you, man, can you imagine how much interest there would be in him if the Raiders had actually showcased him throughout the year? If they had actually played him a little bit after he got healthy? They literally only played him that one week. That was what, week 15 against the Chargers? And that was only because Derek Carr got injured. If they had actually showcased some of his skills, they probably could have got a lot more for him. They, they really did themselves a disservice by not not putting him out there more often just to show that he was healthy and what he could do. He got, and he's getting a lot of interest based off of one game that he was forced into action. So I wish that the Raiders had put him out there more, but it clearly feels like to me that there's going to be a team and they're going to make a trade and it's going to be Marcus Mariota and not Derek Carr like a lot of people believe. So Either way you look at it, man, Marcus Mariota could be on the first thing smoking out of Las Vegas. Lombardi does point out that he has enough incentives in his contract that could end up costing a team that, that trades for him $20 million if he were to hit them all. Now, that's not bad. That's still not bad money for a starting quarterback in 2021. If you look at some of the contracts across the league, $20 million is nothing. And that's if he hits all of his incentives, which he probably won't hit them all. But either way you look at it, $20 million is a, is a steal for a starting quarterback now just because, the well, the contracts are just crazy large. So uh, Marcus Mariota, in my opinion, probably be on his way out of there. Uh, I don't know what team will give up something, but if they can flip him for anything, like I said, a third-round pick or, or better, then, yeah, they're doing something really, really good. I, I hope they don't settle, though. I don't want them to settle for, like, a, a late fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. I mean, if you're going to get something for him, get something for him. If not, hold on to him, and maybe you can use him and showcase him even in 2021 and put him and make him a part of your offense and particularly in the red zone. I think the biggest news of the weekend actually came out on Friday, and that was the fact that J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans agreed to mutually part ways after 10 seasons. And the only reason that this was really big news to me was not the fact that J.J. Watt's not going to be in Houston next year, because I think that a lot of people understood that already, is the fact that they released him so early instead of going out there and trying to attempt to, to trade him. Instead, they gave him a solid, and they really did do a solid. You can say anything you want about the Texans in their front office. They gave him a solid. They showed him a lot of respect by releasing him this early in the process, giving him an opportunity to go out there and find his next destination. They didn't have to do that. They could have held out and tried to get a trade for him. I thought that they were going to try a trade, and I think there's teams out there that would have actually given up something for J.J. Watt, but instead they saved $17 million on their salary cap by releasing him, and they're giving him an opportunity to go and sign somewhere else, wherever he wants to play. I think, gut feeling, that he ends up in Pittsburgh playing with his brothers. You know, TJ and, and Derek are both there in Pittsburgh. I could see him being, being there as well. He also could end up in Green Bay. You know, he's a Wisconsin kid, so I could totally see him in Green Bay. Or, hell, he could be on a team that he feels like he can be that one pass rusher and help put them over the top and get them to the Super Bowl because in his career, he's not played in a Super Bowl, and he would love to do that. So I don't think the Raiders are going to be his first option of places that he'd like to go, but I will tell you, I would have no problem with the Raiders trying to sign him. He is a leader. He's a dude that gets after it. He has a lot of want to, and he can show the young dudes. He could be that Justin Tuck that I've talked about multiple times on the podcast. That's what Khalil Mack had when he came into the league. He had Justin Tuck to show him kind of the ropes, you know, show him how to, how to be a pro. J.J. Watt could be that dude for Max Crosby. He could be that dude for Cleve Farrell, and he could be that dude for anyone that the Raiders may draft or even bring in uh, this year uh, in the offseason. So I would have no problem with the Raiders going after J.J. Watt. I think it would be a good thing. I just don't think that the Raiders are high on his priority list. I think it would go Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and then other, and then maybe the Raiders after that. So they're probably fourth, probably even lower than fourth. But either way you look at it, it's not a top priority 
I don't think, for J.J. Watt. I don't think the Raiders are a priority destination for him. My final little note here for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast is actually something cool that was on Twitter on Sunday. And uh, that was some uh, Twitter account, Interactive Mock Drafts. And they, they put out a poll for every single team in round one of the NFL. So when they got to 17, I guess what they're doing is they're selecting certain members of, you know, that team's fan base or maybe whoever puts out some content on that team or, you know, podcasters or whatever. So when they get to 17, they actually included on this tweet, Raider Cody, Win City, Silver and Black, Black Hole Banter, and me. And they basically asked our thoughts on who the Raiders would pick at 17, and they gave us four options. So they had defensive end Joseph Asai from Texas, guard Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, defensive end Jalen Phillips from Miami, and they had linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. Basically, they gave you a certain amount of time, and then you had to vote, and then you retweet it, and hopefully they get a bunch of votes. So this one ended up getting 24 total votes, and linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame won with 54% of the votes, followed by defensive end Jalen Phillips from Miami, 25%, guard Elijah Vera Tucker from USC at 17, and defensive end Joseph Asai from Texas had 4%. And I'm not too sure why they even had Joseph Asai on there because he's not a first round guy. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, the other guys I could see and justify them all being in the first round, but Joseph Asai is a second round at best guy from Texas. And I'm not too sure why they even had him in there. There's other options that they could have had uh, at that spot, but they picked up Joseph Asai. I guess they realized that the Raiders just need pass rush. So they thought, Hey, that's, that's where we'll pencil this dude in, but he's a second round guy at best. So those are the four guys, and uh, linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, he ended up winning from Notre Dame with 54% of the votes. Now, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that's who the Raiders are going to go pick. That just means that out of the 24 votes, that's who won. But I thought it was kind of cool that they got, you know, they got some, some podcasters and some folks like that involved, uh, you know, content creators involved, and then are having fun with the, with the draft early on. Again, it's only February 15th, and we have plenty of time for the draft, and we will. We'll get into our own shows about the mock drafts. And we'll have different mock draft guys on and, you know, all that good stuff. We'll cover the draft like a glove. But I thought that that was a kind of a cool way to, to interact with a little bit of the audience on, uh, on Sunday. So that's all I really got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, I had a chance on Sunday evening to catch up with Bill Zimmerman. He's executive producer of Mad Dog Radio. He covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. He had put out a tweet about Derek Carr. So uh, we talked about that and uh, talked about Marcus Mariota and talked about how bad the Bears need a quarterback. So you'll hear that conversation that I had with Bill Zimmerman coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about something I've told you about for a a very, very long time, and that is Built Bar. If you uh, are sitting around and you're at the house maybe Sunday night and you were looking for a treat, Built Bar would be the great way to go because not only is it a great taste of protein bar, but it is good for you. Again, it is a protein bar, but it tastes really, really good. It's great for the health-conscious man or woman, help you lose or maintain weight while you're enjoying a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Right now, currently, they got 18 flavors, but I'll tell you right now, they got more flavors on the way, and I've already tried a couple of them that are really, really good, so you got to be on the lookout for that. But right now, they got 18 delicious bars to choose from. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake, raspberry, banana bread, salted caramel, orange, coconut, peanut butter brownie, just to name a few. Again, 18 delicious flavors you can find on the website, BuiltBar.com right now. Great taste in protein bar. 
Normally those things taste like chalk or taste like dirt or taste like rocks. And I don't really know what rocks taste like, but I can only imagine. Built Bar does not taste like that. It tastes really, really good, 100% covered in chocolate. You can put it in the fridge or you can just eat it right out the box, soft and easy to chew. So either way you do, look at it, builtbar.com. When you go to check out, use the promo code LOCKEDON and you're going to get 20% off your order just like that. So not only am I going to get you a really good taste of protein bar, I'm going to help you save money at the same time. So builtbar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. 20% 20% off your order just like that. BuiltBar.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into my conversation with Bill Zimmerman, executive producer of Mad Dog Radio. He covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. You can find him on Twitter at ZimmermanSXM. And it's funny, I saw a tweet that he sent out. I believe it was Saturday night. And he said, uh, Bears, particularly Nagy, have liked Derek Carr and pursued him off and on for a year now. With Watson a pipe dream, I'm sure Carr would be their top choice. Issue is Vegas. Parting with Carr seems like it's predicated on Raiders landing Watson. The price on Carr is steep. And then he also, he kind of quote tweeted and said, Derek Carr is crazy underappreciated by Raider fans. Too bad they don't have a say in conversation. Bears could have Carr for practically free. And he was getting blown up. And you'll hear him say that. He was getting blown up. He said he ain't never been down the pipeline with Raiders Twitter. But, man, he got it on the, on Saturday and Sunday all over the weekend. And so, yeah, you'll hear him talk about it in this interview. But that's what kind of led me to say, you know what, let me go ahead and reach out to dude and see if I can get him on there, see how much the Bears really do covet Derek Carr and what possibly – you know, the, the Raiders could get in return. So here's that conversation. Bill Zimmerman and myself talking all things Derek Carr and all things Bears. Joining me right now on the phone lines to talk a little Derek Carr is my guy Bill Zimmerman, executive producer Mad Dog Radio, covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. You can find him on Twitter at ZimmermanSXM. And Bill, I appreciate your time. And I'll let you know, man, when you talk about Derek Carr, it could be a very toxic conversation, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on the radio. It just doesn't matter. It gets really, really toxic. There's half the fan base with the Raider Nation loves Derek Carr. The other fan base is ready to get rid of him. But I was wanting to talk to you just because I saw a tweet that you had put out about the Bears' interest in Derek Carr. So let's just start there. How much interest is there from Chicago in, in the Raiders' quarterback? Well, there's, there's interest in, in Chicago, particularly Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, the GM and head coach, to fix their quarterback situation. Let me give you a little background. I mean, you know, if you're a, a national, you know, national NFL fan not in Chicago, you know, you see, oh, Pace and Nagy are coming back. You probably don't get much more than that. But ownership has created a really terrible situation because Pace and Nagy, now Nagy technically has two years left on his deal, but two years in essence is one year. We all know coaches get fired with a year left on their contract all the time. They've created ownership, a toxic situation where these two guys need to go out and figure out how to get a quarterback this off season that can help them win in 2021. So that the smart move for them is to try and get uh, to draft a quarterback. I mean, obviously we know that makes the most sense. That's not going to help them in 2021. Plus they'd have to trade up picks, get rid of more draft picks. That's not going to help them in 2021. So the bears are out to find a quarterback. Obviously Deshaun Watson is the pipe dream. The bears just don't have enough in the tank to go get him. You know, the 20th pick in the draft isn't what Miami has, isn't what Carolina has. So, you know, you put Watson aside and Derek Carr is probably you know, the next best, you know, quarterback out there that could possibly be traded. So the bears, the bears that came out last year had a little interest. They poked around with the Raiders to see if Derek Carr might be available. 
They've done it again now. Carson Wentz is another guy they've looked at. They're trying to find a veteran quarterback that they think can catapult this team from 8-8 eight and eight to you know, 10, 11, 12 wins where those two guys get to keep their job. What do you think that the Bears would be willing to give up for Derek Carr? Well, that's a good question because I don't know if ownership has handcuffed them in terms of giving up uh, future draft capital, knowing that these two guys could be out at the end of the year. So that's the big question. I know the Raiders, if they're going to move him, they'd, they'd want a lot for him. Right. Now, I would say I don't think the Raiders would do anything unless they think they can upgrade the quarterback position. And I don't know who they could possibly get that's an upgrade other than Derek Carr or <laughs> other than Deshaun Watson. Uh, assuming Dak Prescott stays in, in Dallas. So, I mean, I think they would definitely give up a first-round pick, but I think if the Raiders actually shopped him, I think there's a chance that they could get two first-round picks for him. And if the Bears, if, if Ryan Pace is allowed to pay two first-round picks, I think he would. I know right after Matt Stafford was traded, uh, there was a report. Matter of fact, my guy, uh, Vinny Bonsignor, put out a report that the Raiders were getting calls on Carr, and, and a couple first-round picks were the floor. They were talking about giving up for, for Carr, and, and I kind of felt that that had a lot to do with the, just the Matt Stafford trade. How much do you think that that affected uh, the cost of Carr and, and maybe made his cost go up? Yeah, I think that definitely put the cost go up. That Stafford trade is tough to evaluate in my eyes because of the Jared Goff piece and that awful contract. Right. So, I mean, I know it was two first round picks, but how much of it was, you know, taking some bad money off of uh, the Rams hands, you know, it's, it's a little complicated in that aspect, but I know it, it made Howie Roseman delusional because that's where he suddenly thought he'd get two first round picks for Carson Wentz. But Howie Roseman didn't realize that he doesn't have Matt Stafford. He has Jared Goff in that trade. So that's why he's got a mess on his hands. But yeah, I, I think we know, you know, you follow football, you know, this is a quarterback league. Yep. And if you don't have a quality quarterback, you don't have to have Patrick Mahomes, but you have to have a quality quarterback that can run a professional offense. And if you don't have one, you know, you're, you're not playing for the Lombardi. So with that in mind, yeah, guys like Derek Carr, I, I understand he's not elite. I understand he's not a top five quarterback, but he's probably in that, 10 to 15 range and you can win with that level of quarterback if you have the right team around him right exactly that's something I've been preaching for the longest like hey no he's not elite but he's also not garbage he's he's good enough quarterback to get it done and and like I said man I told you at the beginning some of the fan base loves him some of the fan base hates him other of the fan base is just kind of like whatever but it sounds like on the national point of view people really do respect Derek Carr as a quarterback yeah I mean I, I think they do I think they understand, look, the guy's not perfect. You know, those of us who have watched him, obviously we don't watch him 16 games, but for those of us who watch him and, and see him play, I mean, we, we, we see the, the warts. We know sometimes he gets a little, uh, you know, uh, trigger happy in terms of getting rid of the ball if the pressure's going there. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've, we've seen the flaws with, with Derek Carr. You know, he likes to go short before he goes long. But overall, I mean, this is a guy who knows how to make big plays. He's got elite arm talent. You know, like I said, he's not perfect. He's not going to be confused with Mahomes or Rodgers or, or any of those top-tier guys. But he's in that second tier of quality quarterbacks. And, you know, I stumbled into, Raider, into Raiders Twitter <laughs> with a couple of my Derek Carr tweets. And, I mean, it is a battle yes. going on in my mentions about, you know, Derek Carr, what's he's worth. I mean. One guy said, you know, he'd give him up for a second and third round pick. I mean, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on in Raiders Twitter. I haven't been in there before, but uh, 
it is an interesting place to see people debate Derek Carr. That's for sure. Especially coming from a Bears fan. Right. Who if Derek Carr was on the Bears, if they did trade for him, he would instantly be the second best quarterback in the history of the franchise behind Sid Luckman, who hasn't played since the 40s. Wow. Wow. That, t- that tells you all you need to know right there, man. That's a that's a hell of a testament right there. Uh, talking right now with Bill Zimmerman, covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. And w- would you think that the Bears would have any interest in Marcus Mariota? Because he's a guy that the Raiders have kind of quietly somewhat shopped as well. I think there's a chance they could be interested in him. Obviously, the price for him would be a lot less. That's a guy Ryan Pace was interested in. Mariota, Kate uh, was in the draft where Ryan Pace's first year as GM. You know, he it, he did uh, reportedly try and move up to see if he could get Mariota. So there is some, you know, history of interest there. But you know, again, I try and look at what the Bears are trying to do from the perspective of Pace and Nagy, right? Because I keep looking at it as what are they going to try and do to try and save their jobs. That's why I think there's interest in Carson Wentz because as bad as Carson Wentz was, if 2020 Carson Wentz shows up, everyone's getting fired. We know that if the Bears acquire him. <laughs> but if you can get Carson Wentz from 2018 and obviously 2017, then you have a chance to to you know win some games. So Marcus Mariota, to me, he's, he's perfectly fine. He's, I think, a low-end starter. But I just... The Bears were eight and eight this, you know, this past season, and, and putting Mariota in there, I don't see that as any sort of significant upgrade that that could actually improve them into a legitimate playoff team, not one that that snuck in the last spot at eight and eight. Well, let me ask you this, and this is really my final question: If a trade were to go down, do you think that the Bears would be interested in maybe uh, giving up a couple draft picks or a draft pick, and then uh, a Roquan Smith for Derek Carr? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Roquan Smith's a guy. Bears fans love him. Right. I mean, when uh, Bears Twitter started debating if they could get Deshaun Watson and people started throwing out Roquan Smith, you know, a lot of Bears fans were like, absolutely not, not Roquan. I mean, he's he's loved here in Chicago, but I mean, he is a, a, an excellent uh, inside linebacker. Um, if that was the, if, if it was two first and Roquan, that is a really steep price. I mean, I, I'd sit there and hem and haw on it. I'm not sure. If it was one first-round pick in Roquan Smith, I'd jump at it. I, okay. I would. I wouldn't have a problem with that. You still got two years of control with Roquan, so, you know, you have have some time with him before you need to extend him. But uh, two firsts in Roquan is, is steep. I think that's – once you get in that two first-round picks plus, right. that's where I think it starts becoming a little difficult to uh, to sit there and say, all right, that's that's worth it for Derek Carr. And I get it. Good quarterback, but that's – that's a that's right where you in my eyes that's really where the debate starts. Right, right. That's fair. That's fair enough. And I'll tell you, man, you've been covering the league and you've been watching football long enough, and I have as well. I, I did not think I'd see an offseason like this where so many quarterbacks' names were out there as potential guys uh, to be on the move. And this uh, this offseason just feels a lot different than other offseasons. So I guess we're we're in for a heck of a heck of a storylines and heck of a you know, like I said, an offseason leading up to the draft. Yeah, we we really couldn't. And to me. I think the first domino has to be Deshaun Watson because once he gets moved or if the, if it's definitively, he's not getting moved, that's when teams can start looking, you know, would the Raiders be interested in Watson? I would think so if they can upgrade their quarterback position. Right. And if they do, then Derek Carr, then Marcus Mariota, they could, they could trade both guys. Right. In essence, if they get, get Deshaun Watson, you know, Watson goes to Miami too is available. Watson goes to Carolina. Bridgewater is available. So that's the first domino. And then you get into this, then there's kind of car 
And then there's this next tier of Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, you know, Marcus Mariota, that's whole this whole group of quarterbacks, you know, where they might be able to go. So right. we'll have to see if Watson gets moved. Then I think we'll start seeing a lot of quarterback dominoes fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Bill Zimmerman, executive producer of Mad Dog Radio, covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron. He's on Twitter at Zimmerman SXM. Thank you so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. Good stuff. And uh, we'll have to keep in touch and see how this offseason unfolds. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So there's a conversation I had right there with Bill Zimmerman, executive producer of Mad Dog Radio, and he covers the Bears for Windy City Gridiron, uh, at Zimmerman SXM on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, you hear right there, man, the Bears really think highly of Derek Carr. And, no, they're not looking at him as an elite quarterback, but they're looking at him as a guy that could take them to the next level and the second-best quarterback in franchise history. That told me all I needed to know when they said he'd have been the second-best quarterback in franchise history if they were to acquire him. That tells you all you need to know. So good convo right there. I definitely appreciate it, Bill, for giving me a little bit of time on Sunday evening to to catch up with him and talk about uh, Derek Carr and the possibility of the Bears trying to make a move for him. So coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And, you know, there's a lot of good college basketball action. You know, March Madness is right around the corner. The NBA, full throttle. Uh, Baseball's right around the corner. UFC action went down over the weekend. Lots of good stuff that you can get your bet on with, and the place to do it is at betonline.ag. If you don't have an account, that's okay. You can open a free account today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On when you put in your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So, you put $100 in, you'll be playing with $150 worth of money. You put $200 in, you'll be playing with $300 of money. Just like that. You're basically playing with someone else's money, so what other way to do it, right? So get off the sidelines, get into the action, and make sure you use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. If you're on social media, you can check them out at BetOnline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for that free account and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get that sign-up bonus at BetOnline.ag. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three, it's your time to shine. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's go ahead and start things off with Jordan in Oregon. He actually called in last week to talk about the show I did last Monday with Brentley Wiseman talking all things Henry Ruggs. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? This is Jordan in Oregon calling in here. I uh, wanted to touch base and say I uh, love the podcast from Monday, uh, the Monday after Super Bowl here. Um, your guy you had on, forgive me, I'm already blanking on his name, but the draft analyst guy with Henry Ruggs, um, I'll have to go back and you know look at some of his work. That was a great breakdown, and it's just kind of good to hear from another perspective because I think, Q, you've touched on a lot of those points throughout the season. And uh, I even feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head when you went in even to talk about, like, kind of some of his Alabama tape. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what what can happen with Ruggs. And one point I did hear you guys kind of briefly touch on, and I just wanted to bring up as well. Um, I mean, last year, with everything that happened with COVID, I just think that that's the type of year that, could, that would really hurt a player like Ruggs. And what I mean by that is, he is kind of a uh, an X X factor X layer, however you want to label that. Is that he's the type of player that has an ability to be something very special, um, just with his pure talents. And with, when I think a player like that comes in, 
I think it's easy for them to, you know, you expect huge expectations. He's the fastest guy coming out of the draft, but you also have to account for is this off season, you know, guys that are kind of outliers like that, um, that have some sort of uh, freakish skill set. I think the expectations sometimes are, are really high, but like an off season like this, those type of players, they really need to, you know, they need the full, the full playbook. They need the full training camp. They need all the reps they can get. And I, you know, people, oh, that's making excuses. Every team in the league had to deal with that. Yeah, that's true. And I think that that, that comes into play more for a player like Ruggs who has a special skill set like that. Um, you know, everybody kind of had bigger expectations because of the speed, but a lot of it's on the mentals. And I expect a huge jump from him next year. I mean, I don't even recall the Raiders seriously practicing until around when there'd normally be preseason games. That's like early August, late September. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. But, I mean, that was just not enough time to expect, like, these Zoom calls and stuff to to be enough to really fairly judge Rogues. And so that's kind of the point I want to make is I feel like his, his grade for me for rookie year would kind of be an incomplete. Because I don't think he really had a fair chance at, at, you know, totally polishing the playbook and, and actually, you know, working on himself a little bit outside of just his rare speed. But anyway, Q, I uh, love the, the podcast from Monday and, and uh, love to see, uh, actually was happy to see Tampa beat the Chiefs. I think they kind of laid out a blueprint for teams that, like us that are looking to, to win the division against them. So have a good week. Peace out, man. There he goes, Jordan in Oregon right there. Thanks so much for that call. And look, man, we'll see what year two of Henry Ruggs looks like. Simple as that. He's got a lot to prove. And, of course, there's a lot of pressure on him being the first wide receiver taken off the board in 2020. Some of the struggles his rookie year was on him. Other issues were on the team. So uh, I think the biggest point of that show last Monday is that both parties have work to do to get the most out of Ruggs in 2021. But I think everyone agrees, or at least everyone should agree, that they do have a lot of work to do and they need to get a lot more production out of Henry Ruggs than what you saw his rookie year. Next up is a text from Dylan from the 605. He says, hey Q, Dylan from the 605. This one's going out to Raider Nation because I know where you stand with Derek Carr. But about Derek putting out the feelers for big numbers on a contract extension, no one seems to remember that Derek took a pay cut on his five-year $125 million contract extension to make sure guys got paid. Derek Carr isn't playing for the Raiders for money. He wants Las Vegas to be his forever home. His words, I'm honored to be the quarterback here for the team that I love, the only team that was on my mind, that has always been on my mind since even the draft process. There was no doubt in my mind when this whole thing was about to go down. I told my agent, I don't want to play anywhere else. If they let me sign a 20-year deal, let's do it. I just wanted to be a Raider. It's more than just a team to me. It's more than just that. It's family. There's no doubt in my mind that Derek Carr lives and bleeds for the team. And with a few things cleaned up, I really think he's on his way to being an elite quarterback. The trajectory he's on shows that uphill trend. Maybe I'm blind, but I really think a lot of Raider Nation can't see past their own hatred for our quarterback. Sorry for the long text. It's just something I feel passionately about. That's from Dylan from the 605. And I'm not mad at you for the length of the text. I'm not mad at you for the passion. It's all good. Now, I will say when Derek Carr signed his five-year $125 million contract, he technically was the highest paid quarterback in the league at that time. The difference is a lot of quarterbacks have gone over and beyond him now since he signed that deal. So his deal now looks like 
like pennies compared to what these guys are going to get paid. I don't think Derek Carr and I don't think the Raiders will ever sign him to a $40 million a year deal like these quarterbacks are anticipated to get, like what Dak Prescott's looking like he's about to get from Dallas or any other team that signs him. I don't think that they'll sign him to that. So that should be interesting. He's got a couple years left on his deal. Uh, I know the conversation around him signing an extension right now is based off trying to lower his salary cap hit right now. So I'm not too sure exactly what they're willing to do. I do know, and I've heard him say multiple times that he loves the Raiders and always wants to be a Raider. I've heard a lot of players say that as well. But at the end of the day, it's still a business. You got to remember, it's always a business first. It's always about the money. I know everyone says that, oh man, these guys aren't playing for the money. They're always playing for the money. You know what I mean? Like it's always about the money as well. They might not be going all in where I got to be the highest paid guy at this position, but at the same time, they're always going to look to get that that big time money. I mean, that's that's just what it's all about. You know, I mean, that's not a problem. Again, it's a business. So thank you for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Most Known Unknown. Haven't heard from him for a minute. He's calling to talk about the potential signing of Juju Smith-Schuster and why he's not a big fan of that if indeed the Raiders are looking at that as a possibility. Here he is, Most Known Unknown. Yo, Q, uh, Most Known Unknown here. I haven't chimed in a, in a while. I keep reading all these reports about uh, the Raiders targeting Juju Smith-Schuster. I uh, don't really agree with it. And the reason being is... If they're targeting him to replace Nelson Aguilar because they don't think they're going to resign him, I think that's a mistake. Jesus Smith-Schuster is a possession receiver. Nelson Aguilar is a deep threat. One of the reasons why our offense was so explosive is because Henry Ruggs and Nelson kind of fed off of each other. A lot of the coverage was rolling to taking out Henry Ruggs, so Aguilar was able to get deep and make a lot of big explosive plays for us. I think Brian Edwards can be our Juju Smith-Schuster if we, uh, you know, if he gets a little more seasoned and experience. So I think signing Juju kind of is counterproductive because if we only have one deep threat and that's Henry Ruggs, instead of at least two deep threats in Ruggs and Aguilar or a guy like Aguilar, then the coverage will just roll again to Henry Ruggs and take him out, and then we'll have a bunch of people complaining about Derek Carr not taking shots down the field again because that's not Juju's game. He's an intermediate to short route running receiver. Uh, we need more speed on the field. The more speed we have on the field, the more dynamic the offense will be. So if we don't resign Aguilar, we need to resign somebody with a similar skill set that can get down the field and complement Henry Ruggs on that deep threat capability, not a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just going to be another intermediate guy. We got Renfro, we got Waller, and we got Brian Edwards for that. That's my two cents. There he goes, most known, unknown. And look, Juju's a really good complimentary wide receiver. He's not a, a number one, and he's not necessarily a deep threat, like you said. But he is able to make things happen after the catch. Uh, but if you're looking for just a simple, uh, a deep threat, something that like Nelson Aguilar did for the Raiders in 2020, he's probably not your guy. You're right. I'm personally, I'm not mad if they were to bring him in, if that is, in fact, what they're trying to do. Again, because I think that he's a really good compliment, and he could be a compliment to Darren Waller at that uh, you know number two position. Waller would be one. Juju could be number two. Henry Ruggs could be number three. I mean, you know, you could use him as a as a deep route guy. You could use him. You could just use his speed if the Raiders get creative enough and use it all in all kind of different ways. Of course, you have Brian Edwards. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy. That's the thing that I'm concerned about with Brian Edwards. Is he going to stay healthy? He hasn't been healthy his whole career. And I, when I say his 
career. I don't mean his NFL career. I mean his career as far as playing football. If you go back and look, in college, he was very injury prone. If you're injury prone in, high, in college, most likely you're going to be injury prone in the pros. So that's my concern with, with Brian Edwards. I think he's solid. He has really, really good hands. You saw that with the one touchdown catch that he had last season. Really great catch, like vice grips. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he can go out there and be the dude, great. He just has to stay healthy. That's my biggest concern with him. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up, I got a text. I just got a couple more. I got a text from Raider Orange County Nick. Hey, Q. Raider Orange County Nick here. We all know our Raiders need to spend most of their draft picks on defense. However, there is one offensive player they must pursue if he's attainable. I flew up to Antioch, California to watch this guy play in high school while my nephew guarded him as an O-lineman. They went 11-0, and he was the number one running back out of high school in the country. Now he's clearly the number one running back out of college. Get Najee Harris, no matter what it takes. He's a great kid, great family, skipped the private schools, a.k.a. De La Salle, and was a leader in his humble community. This will make us the best dual-back team in the NFL and relieve Carr quite a bit. Go Raiders. That's from Raider Orange County Nick. And I don't know if how long you've been listening to this show, but you know I have no problem with the Raiders going and getting Najee Harris. I have no problem with the Raiders going and getting anyone from Alabama. As I live by, roll tide. I mean, that's just what it's all about. Najee and Jacobs in the backfield would be amazing. Matter of fact, I'll tell you right now, Harris might actually just run Jacobs right out of the starting lineup. I mean, that's just how how strong and solid he is as a runner, man. I, I would love to see those two, that tandem in the backfield. And shout out to Antioch, California. And yeah, I, I remember the De La Salle, man. You want to talk about a powerhouse, right? They had every NFLer that was from that neighborhood or that from that area always went there. So yeah, De La Salle had a ton of talent go play there. But uh, yeah, shout out to Najee Harris who decided to stay in his community and play. Uh, he is an absolute monster. Uh, I thought that that was cool. Went from Antioch to Alabama and has an opportunity now to to get to the NFL and show off what he can do. And he is so stinking talented. So, yeah, I mean, if they had an opportunity to go get him, I would have no problem with that. I don't think he's going to be a guy that they would target at 17, but I can see him looking at him in the second round if he's still available. I just don't think he'd still be available. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you, my man. Final one for you today is a call. And before I get into the call, I got to sound the alarm one time. Because this calls from a new booty. Matter of fact, this calls from O-Town Dave. He was calling in to talk about multiple subjects, including Friday's interview with The Violator. Wanted to talk about Marcus Mariota, but then all of a sudden he said, you know what, let me just go ahead and share a story with you. So O-Town Dave sharing a story with us, and uh, then he'll get into a Marcus Mariota and conversation about The Violator later. But uh, here's O-Town Dave and his, uh, his Raider story that he wants to share. Hey, Q-Pac, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? This is O-Town Dave, and uh, play that music, Q, because I'm a new booty. Yo, I, uh, I'm i excited, man, about being on the podcast and stuff, and uh, I just needed to call you and uh, talk to you about some stuff. I may have to do it over a couple of calls, because I know you want me to keep it under three minutes. But first of all, man, uh, the interview with Violator, could we have that guy on, like, every week? I mean, my adrenaline was just pumping, man. I've, I've watched this guy since I was a kid on TV, the outfit, the makeup, the pads. I mean, he just emanates what being a Raider is, man. And it's the first time I've ever heard an interview with him. And to hear him speak and talk, man, I just – it got my, my blood going, man. I was excited about it. So thanks for having him on, Q. And uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, Marcus Mariota and – uh that part of things, I've, I've got a lot of stuff to talk to you about, actually. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you a story first. Um, I live uh, west of Orlando, 
in a little town called Clermont. It's not that little anymore, but probably a lot of people don't know about it. I deliver mail there. And uh, I seen this Raider Jeep around town. When I say Raider Jeep, it's all decked up. It's got a big Raider's logo on a spare tire. It says the black hole on the front. It's got big wheels on it. It's like badass. So I always was like, man, if I get a chance to talk to this guy, I want to, you know, I want to say what's up, you know, because he's part of the family. Well, I happened to be delivering to the route that he lives on one day, and his uh, Jeep was parked in the cul-de-sac. I come around the corner. I've got a uh, Raiders lunch bag. My door's open of my postal vehicle, and he sees it, and he's like, oh, I, I think you and I are going to be uh, brothers. And I said, uh, is that your Jeep, sir? And he's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, all right. So he asked me if I had a few minutes. He wanted to bring me inside his house and show me his uh, Raiders room. And, uh, man, it was awesome, Q. He had, he had hats from, like, the past 20 years, like, sideline hats and stuff went around the room. It was amazing. I walked in, and I was like, I need a room like this in my house. It was ridiculous. And, of course, there was a picture on the wall of him and, of course, the violator. And I just thought that was awesome. I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And he he told me, he's like, Dave, we basically go, him and his wife, to a game every year out in Oakland. Uh, this is back when they were in Oakland, and uh, he just loves it. He's like, man, you got to go. And I'm like, yeah, man, I know I do. And uh, I just thought it was an awesome story, man. And uh, Q, I just love the platform and what you're doing. And I'm running out of time. I know you want to keep it under three minutes. So I will call back about the Mariota thing another day, maybe in a couple of days or whatever. Um, thanks for doing what you do, man. Uh, I, I know I'm just a spoke on a wheel, but I'm not a just a. And, uh, man, I've, I've really loved some of your segments. and. Uh, about your son that really touched my heart. There he goes right there, O-Town Dave. And uh, you can see his call got cut off right there, but uh, you get the gist of it. Shout out to the mailman. He's a mailman. Appreciate that story about Raider Nation. Think that that's really cool. So thank you for sharing that with us. And feel free to chime in anytime you want, man. Chime in anytime you want. Uh, The Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line is always wide open like some old school TV antennas, 707-654-4693. That's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, we'll have a text from JC Raider. In Southern Cali, uh, Vader Raider and 303 called in. Text from Andrew the Raider and a whole lot more. Plus, we'll have more news and notes of the day. And we'll have some more conversation to get into. So, uh, until then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Stay warm. Uh, if the weather's crazy like it is in Texas, be careful. Uh, take care of yourself in a major, major way. But, uh, you know, obviously, wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, do what you got to do. And more importantly, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.